Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by Bose, the official sound of the NFL. Bose gets players closer to their peak performance and gets you closer to them. How? With powerful products like their Quiet Comfort 35 wireless headphones. These are Bose's best headphones yet. No noise, no wires, just your music and you. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Barton, and today we're going to talk to Zach Harper, formerly of CBS Sports and now the most coveted NBA free agent in the game. What's up, Zach? Hey, now that Ray Allen's retired, it's just me. So what, I'm, the, I'm the only one who can come in and save your team. You need a job? I mean, if you're hiring, yeah. You need what? an assistant or something? I'm game. <laughs> Are you going to be okay? I, I hope so. I don't really I don't really have any skills other than pretending I know what I'm talking about when it comes to basketball. So hopefully hopefully that translates into something else. But yeah, I, I think like, I'll be all right. I feel like we're breaking news though. You haven't like spoken about this at all. I haven't seen you tweet about it. There's no like, hey, I listen, I can get you a free Zach Harper shirt or something. <laughs> well now well now I'm freed, so I don't I don't think that applies. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a little bit of news. You break on your podcast. Is this the first news you've broken on the podcast? I think this is the first news, yeah. The Zach Harper is officially this, a, a free agent. Does this qualify as news? All right, here yeah, I think it does. Somebody okay. hires somebody right, hires somebody hires Zach or I'm gonna have to bring him on the podcast every day. <laughs> nobody nobody wants that at the ring. <laughs> All right. we, we are very we are very close to uh, or we only had a couple games of the NBA season, but before we get into what we have seen so far and if it matters at all, Ray Allen, as you mentioned, did uh, he did the Players Tribune thing this morning and officially retired. I think there was always kind of this thought in the back of everybody's head, like maybe he'll latch onto a team and knock down some crucial threes in the playoffs, but it's officially, officially done. Uh, did you read the thing on the Players' Tribune? I did, yeah. Like, I, I kind of like those like letters to my younger self type of whatever. I, it's not really an open letter. It's just kind of like a, hey, here's what I wish I knew or could warn myself about, or here's what you'll learn type of thing. And I, it's always kind of cool to see the psyche of a player, even if they're kind of just... I don't know, some of them don't always seem that genuine, but for the most part, like I think it's a cool look into the psyche. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he seemed very self-aware, right, when he, when he, when he, when he writes the letter. Um, he's self-aware of what people like kind of think about him. And you know what was odd is as I am reading that and he's talking about his – you know, uh, this uh, obsessiveness to become great and how winning that championship is, yes, validation or championships in his case, validation. But it's really, you know, it's kind of like the process, the journey that matters the most. But then there is this tinge of self-awareness of what people think about him. And as I was reading it, I was like, it is kind of odd that everybody thinks there's there's at least a portion. Like, I think when I think of Ray Allen, the first thing I think about is the shot. Right, the game six shot yeah. with five seconds left to go. It's the first thing that comes to your mind is like that shot because I mean that's San Antonio's title, right? At that moment, that's San Antonio's title until it's not. The other thing is the movie does always come up, which is strange because it's not like a great movie, but it's certainly like iconic amongst basketball fans. And he is yeah. he is an odd guy to be an actor, wouldn't you say? Like for him to be oh. The guy that's the actor in that movie is so strange, given his personality. 
Absolutely. Well, one, I want to say that I thought Travis Best as Sip Rogers was just stellar. I thought he nailed the Sip <laughs> Rogers role 100%. So I, I want to credit Travis Best with also being an actor in that movie. But uh, but yeah, it's weird because he's always, like if you've ever talked to him about, about shooting or just about his job or in general or whatever, um, he's always so like devoid of emotion. And, and to think of him as an actor, you have to be able to channel emotion, right? But I guess his character was sort of was sort of struggling with that of like, do I just keep pursuing what I need to pursue or do I let this emotion of my, of my estranged father essentially coming back into my life? Does that, and, and to think of him having to channel that is so weird because he just compartmentalizes everything and just, you know, he, he told me one, he actually told me, before, you know, about 12 days before uh, he hit the shot, he, he, I was asking him about being clutch and he was like, yeah, you just kind of have to, you take the emotion out of it. Like whether you've missed or made the last shot, it doesn't matter for the next shot. And I've always, that's always kind of sat with me of like, we joke about these, these guys who are good in the clutch being this like serial killers, but that's kind of like a serial killer mentality of like just not having emotion in anything you do. The other thing is it's like since Steph Curry has come along and we had never really seen anything like it with the shots he was hitting last year, like Ray Allen today, he would, he would retire and you know what everybody would be saying? That's the greatest shooter to ever live. But like we just came off the Curry season. Right. Don't, Right, Don't and that's you... the thing. Like Curry's unseated him as the as the greatest shooter, and I don't know that you can make an argument for Ray at this point because of not only the volume but the difficulty of the shots that that Curry takes and and the percentage that he hits. Like the fact that he's a forty four percent three point shooter when he's throwing up these bad video game shots is, is kind of insane. Uh, maybe Ray comes along five to ten years later. Maybe we're not saying about that about Curry. Maybe maybe Ray is you know a thousand more makes in the bank and, and Curry still has to get up to the point when they show all those highlights today that's the thing I do love about like when it is that moment when a guy like officially retires then it's just going to lead everybody to posting videos of like Bucks Ray Allen and Sonics Ray Allen and like all these years at the beginning of his career where I don't want to say forgotten because I mean the Bucks were right there at the East Finals with a really good team, but people don't remember that really, you know, or, or maybe as East semis. Yeah. Were they? It was the East Finals. It was the, it was the Sixers, right? Uh, the Iverson. I think year. so. I think they got pretty. Yeah, they got. It wasn't yeah. that after Vince Carter went to his graduation, we all freaked out for him yeah. hearing about his education. Yeah, so I mean, like, he, but like you see those old highlights, and so you're used to seeing him running off of screens and knocking down threes. Like those are the Ray Allen highlights of the last like. I don't know, decade. But, like, you see those early highlights? He's, like, cramming on people. It's great. He was in a dunk contest. People forget this. He was in a dunk contest. Like, he could get up. Now, granted, Clarence Weatherspoon was also in a dunk contest. And so that's not always a, it's not always a great thing. But, he like, he could get up. And that those old showdowns with Allen Iverson in the Big East, back when the Big East was a thing, like, those were legit, too. I don't remember the Clarence Weatherspoon dunk, uh, dunk contest it's, performance. It's not. Yeah, it's not great. Also, Allen Houston was also in a dunk contest. Also what? not a great performance. Hold on. Allen Houston was in the dunk yeah. contest? The Detroit Pistons, Allen Houston. Are you like uh are you dunk contest trivia guy? Is that who you are? That's yeah, my favorite thing of, of All Star Weekend for the last, you know, twenty five years or whatever, however long I've been paying attention to it. And uh and I wrote something about Vince Carter two years ago, so it made me like go brush up on all of them. Now it's just all stuck in my head. All right, Zach. Well, let's go to uh, most of these teams have played. You know, there's a uh, three games. So a couple of have played four games so far. But we're going to see. All right, so we got an insanely small sample size. What we're going to f- figure out between the two of us if, is which of this stuff has staying power. So one of the things that stands out immediately is Westbrook 
has averaged 38.7 points per game, 11.7 assists, and 12.3 rebounds. Now, it would be insane to think that that has staying power, but I am interested in the whole points per game thing, which he's at 38.7. So I went back and looked. In order to get into the top 10 all-time in scoring uh, for a season, a per-game season, you'd have to average 35 it's like uh, like the the top ones are just absurd. It's like Wilt Chamberlain fifty, Wilt Chamberlain forty five, but number three on the list is Wilt Chamberlain thirty eight point four. Then you have an Elgin Baylor at thirty eight point three. Then you have another Wilt at thirty seven points, and then uh, sixth, the sixth uh, best season points per game is Jordan. His highest was thirty seven a game, and then you have Wilt and Rick Barry, and then outside of Jordan, the only one like. You know, post nineteen eighty five, is Kobe who had a thirty five point uh, point per game season in oh five oh six. What are the chances? Forget thirty eight, which or thirty nine. I guess if we round up, he's averaging right now. <laughs> what are the chances Westbrook can have one of the top ten points per game seasons of all time? Well, I mean, one, that's just a stupid question in the sense that, like, it's stupid to think that this is even possible, right? Because it just doesn't happen. Like, these are dumb numbers that he's putting up that you just can't really wrap your head around. But there are kind of some similarities between what Westbrook is doing now and what Kobe did that season, right? Like, the big star leaves. He can finally feel, you know, unshackled by the by this offense and by these these responsibilities of getting this other score involved and he can kind of like the whole Jordan ad, like I, now I do what I want. Right. Like he can kind of embrace this. And, and it's a lot like that Kobe season of he doesn't have to please anybody. He can just go take as many shots. Like Westbrook took 44 shots the other night, 44. Like that's an insane number of shots to take. And some people are saying, yeah, well, if I took 44 shots, I could score this many points. No, no one would let you take 44 shots. That's the thing we always we always miss is that there's like nine guys in the league who could get 44 shots off in a game and have it be somewhat respectable. And Westbrook did that. Can he do that every night? Like, I don't know. He, like, he makes me tired just watching him, uh, just watching him do this stuff night in and night out. I don't know that he has the energy for it, but, yeah, I'm in. Like, if you say he's going to score 35 a, year, 35 a game this year and make it into that top ten list, like, I shouldn't buy into it, but, but I buy it. There's only one other guy, and it's a, it's a lot like the Kobe year that you were talking about. There's only other one other guy in the top 20, like in terms of uh, most points per game in a season. Um, and it's another guy with that crazy high usage. It's the Iverson year, 05, 06. He, yeah. had, he averaged 33 a game. And that would, get, that would get you in the top 20 if you averaged 33 a game. I mean, this guy. Is, I mean, is, I, it, crazy to say, is it crazy to say I think 33 is a lock? That's a lot of points, but I think it's a lot. Well, right now, right now, at what number could I put? If I gave you over under thirty four, right now, that would be. So you're saying thirty three is a lot? Yeah. You take over thirty four on I'm, points per. I'm going over. Yeah. Then I, that I would. Think I, I think I. I might push at thirty five, but I still might take the over. Like I think we might get thirty six a game, which seems like an overreaction, but I don't see him. I just don't see him not taking shots when they're there. Well, who else is going to shoot? I mean, have you watched them yet? I mean, you watch that team. It's not like Oladipo is going to take some shots, but like the rest of these guys, like Anthony Roberson and Stephen Adams, and like it's not like there's a there's a bunch of guys that you sit there and go, oh, they should be shooting. Hey, Kyle Singler is an Oregon high school legend. I think Stop. we should be respectful of the hair and the jumper that he may have still in this kid. 
All right, so you somewhat think this Westbrook thing does have staying power. Not 39 points a game, but you're certainly not wouldn't. Not 39. We're not putting him top three all time in terms of scoring season, but like cracking the top 10, yeah, I buy in. Oh, by the way, the, the, and, and the scoring thing is not the most insane number. It's the 12 rebounds. What? <laughs> he's not even, like, it's, it's different I mean, if, like, Magic Johnson, who's, like, who, who's huge, you know, is a guard that grabs a ton of rebounds. Russell Westbrook is, like, many times the, the, the uh, small guy on the court as there is. Yeah, and, and they have rebounders. They have Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor. Like, these guys can rebound. DeMontis Sabonis is a rookie, but he can rebound. And Westbrook's just saying, I'm going to cut out the middleman. I will be my own outlet pass. Like, that's what he's doing. <laughs> All right, first thing uh, first thing that you want to know if it has staying power that sticks out to you. Okay, well, we talked about Russell Westbrook's insane scoring. Uh, I kind of joked like a month or so ago that this is very un-Alvin Gentry-like, but with the personnel that they have available, they're just going to have to like double down on being a defensive team and then ask Anthony Davis to go be Allen Iverson and win them a game on offense, right? Like those 2001, like 2000 to 2002 or three Philadelphia Sixers teams. But through the first, you know, two, three games, Anthony Davis is averaging 37 a game. And while I don't know that that has staying power, what I wonder is, does, does him having to do this every night and making them competitive have staying power? Like, can he, like a guy who's brittle, can he physically do this every night and be this much of a usage guy? No way, right? Like, there's no way. I mean, first, he's got to prove that he can play 75 games for you. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Because he That's missed, a, what, 20 a year or something, or around that? And you are putting on a massive load on him, a massive responsibility. Now, in fairness, their schedule so far, I mean, they're, you know, they've lost the first three games of the season. It's absurd to drop 50 and lose. It's absurd to drop 45 and lose. But their two losses outside of that first Denver game are Golden State and San Antonio, which that's not that bad, right? So, and I know that right, they. Right, not that bad at all. Well, and they, they, took, they took Golden State to the wall right that was 114 112 and they got they got bombed out by san antonio so i can i don't know they play they play milwaukee tonight maybe a little better read on the pelicans as compared to the rest of the league rather than what we have just seen so far but i don't know scoring 50 and losing that's that's outrageous that's outrageous well, yeah and like it sucks right i mean it, i actually <laughs> feel bad for him because it just doesn't like that's not what you want to have to go through to be to put up those kind of numbers and still lose uh, but here's, this is the problem I have with them: is uh, you know Tyreek Evans will come back and Drew Holiday will come back when you know when he when he's able to like you know leave his wife uh, you know to go back to his job. Who she just had a brain tumor removed, so like that whole situation is really sad. Uh, but but until those guys come back, the second leading scorer on that team is Tim Frazier. Like we're all basketball nerds here. I'm not sure a lot of people have heard of Tim Frazier before. He's their second leading scorer at 13 a game. They just don't have anybody. Their third leading scorer is Etwan Moore, and their fourth is Lance Stevenson, who just got a contract like last week. I mean, he, I, didn't, I barely knew he was on the team. Yeah, well, you'd figure Terrence Jones could get you some buckets. And I'm a Buddy Heald guy, but Buddy hasn't gotten off to a fast start. That's for sure. No, he, yeah, he's, he's shooting 25%, which I'm sure will go up, but maybe not that much higher. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a really bold prediction on the whole staying power thing. Buddy Heald's 1.5 per will go up. Oh, wow, hold so on. 1.5 real breaking news. He's got a 1.5 per. I mean, that's a, that is right. go, get it together, buddy. I don't care if it's three games. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, All right what, else, what else do you have? So we're All not right. we're not in on Stanley Davis holding up, right? This is your, this this is your, this is about your T Wolf, Zach Harper. Oh. Andrew Wiggins. He's only played two games, but he's averaged twenty seven points a game, fifty two percent field goal, forty percent from three, and by the way, no assist to his name, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. But but here's here's what stands out. He is even through just a very small amount of games. He's the only guy that has not been an all-star that's in the top 10 in the NBA in scoring, even after a week of games, okay? Is this the big breakout for Wiggins? You would know better than me. What say you? Uh, Yes. I'll say yes, because I think Tom Thibodeau will unlock every defensive capability he has. It may take a month or so, but, you know, Andrew Wiggins was asked to guard Jimmy Butler and James Harden and Chris Paul right away as, as a rookie, like they just said, you're going to be our best wing defender, our best perimeter guy. Go lock these guys up. He didn't really know what he was doing. He did a decent job, but under Tom Thibodeau, he has to know what he's doing, or he'll get locked in a dungeon, right? So I think defensive will take that leap. Offensively, not having an assist through two games is maybe random, or maybe that's just the norm because he doesn't get a lot of assists. And even though they run their offense through Carl Anthony Towns, their number one option is. Andrew Wiggins, if that makes sense. Like, they're always looking to him at the end of a possession to get a bucket. He draws a ton of fouls. He's going to go to the free throw line a lot this year. He'll probably shoot over 600 free throws, which uh, approach their franchise record. Like, he's he's going to do a lot of things offensively with the ball because he has a tighter handle. Um, I don't know the three-point three shots there, so if that, doesn't, if that doesn't fall, then, you know, maybe things tail back a little bit. But, like, him being – a top ten score, I think, is within within reach. So yeah, I'm in. Is Wiggins going to be a superstar? I think I think so, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer. It's weird because like as soon as we figured out Carl Anthony Towns is the new, you know, the new Tim Duncan or whatever we want to call him, once we figured that out, like a lot of Timberwolves fans were just like, oh, what do we need Wiggins for? It's like, no, 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 no. You need all these guys. Like you need all these guys to be good. You can't just go off the one. But he just got pushed aside, and after his rookie year, you know. People maybe as dumb as myself were saying, like, yeah, he could be Paul George. Like, that's what he could be. I still think that that's capable. You know, he has that capability and that feeling. But but he needs to become a three-point shooter, and I, I'm not sold on that just yet. Well, the, yeah, right, the guy that immediately comes to mind that could score a ton of points without necessarily knocking down threes is DeRozan. Right, right. yeah, and that's who, that's who he gets compared to a lot. And I, I think I think he'll be better than DeRozan. Maybe that's, maybe that's crazy, and I'm discounting DeRozan. Um but I think I think that his ceiling is higher than what DeRozan currently is. I think that's fair. All right, so you're in on this. You think that you think Wiggins is an All Star this year? All Star. I, I think he'll be All Star worthy. But the Timberwolves aren't getting two guys in. I think Cat. I think Cat's going to be a lock for. I think he'll get voted into the All Star game, let alone just make the All Star team. So I, I don't. I think Wiggins will be worthy, but I don't know that he makes it. I got you. All right. Next thing that you want to know if it's got staying power. All right. Um, so, I, I'm trying to figure out if Hassan Whiteside's a good defender. Now, I know he blocks a lot of shots, and this is this has already made Miami furious. But I know he blocks a lot of shots, but teams were just putting him in the pick and roll last year and just feasting on him because he couldn't really defend away from the basket. So far this year, he's been better at that, and and he's defending at the basket. like He's allowing like 23% at the rim. Now, you know, all the qualifiers of it being a small sample or whatever, but like allowing 23% at the rim, he was like 46 47% last year. I don't know that 23% uh, holds up, but it, could he be 
maybe the best big man defender not named Marcus All in the in the NBA. Well, the other guy that's like that, and I brought this up on on the last podcast, is uh, is is Drummond. You know, people are like, oh, he's a good yeah. rim protector, whatever. But he was pitiful defending the rim. He's and terrible I think, at it. Yeah. And the other thing that comes up, right? You when you bring up the white side stuff, it's like, yeah, he blocks a lot of shots, but somehow they weren't as good defensively with him out on the floor, right? Last year, which always yeah, took and we're every- talking like. <laughs> We're talking like Amari Stoudemire or Udonis Haslam backing him up. Like it's not like it's not like he had Omer Sheik or Rudy Gobert behind him or something. I'm going to do a. He's averaging the three blocks a game. I'm. I'm. That one we got to wait. This, that has to have a bigger sample size than the three games because they lost their first two. And I don't know if you saw any of the the magic. The magic are awful, by the way. <laughs> they're really. Bad, they, bad, they're bad. really bad. They're I mean, really really bad. <laughs> I tell you, they got that Jeff Green poison, man. When they signed him for fifteen million, I'm like, "What are you doing? What are you? What? No, hey, no disrespect to Jeff Green, but he's poisoned. <laughs> like, every, it doesn't seem to. It doesn't go well when you acquire him all all that often for anybody, and you immediately get right. better when he when he's not there. It's the it's the damnedest thing. I, I I still can't believe it. But yeah, that Magic team. I mean, just very. Vogel's going to go crazy this year. He really is. He He's going to go crazy because I don't think anybody expected that team to be really, really bad, but they might be really, really bad. Yeah, no, I mean, are, are they worse than the than the Sixers? Is that crazy to ask? Like, What? I, they have oh. no offense. Okay, come on. Let's not go that far. <laughs> the Sixers. But the Sixers are, are sort of confident, and, uh, and we're all in love with Joel Embiid. If they get Ben Simmons back in in two months or something like that, you know, that I mean, I don't know. Like maybe that's just rude yeah, to Frank Vogel. He's a really good coach, but I, I don't know. Like who's their best player? Their best player is Aaron Gordon, but they don't go through him. Like Vucevic is their number one option, or Evan Fournier. Like that that's not good. Well, everybody used to love Ibaka when he was playing with uh, Durant and Westbrook. Nobody loves Ibaka anymore. Yeah, it turns out Alfred Payton, not Russell Westbrook. Elbert Payton. Fournier's their best guy, right? He's their best guy. Right, but like, what does that mean? Like, that's not that's not something you hang your hat on. No offense to Evan Fournier, but, I mean, he's a good shooter. He's a solid scorer. But, yeah, I'm, no one's telling – no one's, like, putting Evan Fournier on a front of a media guy going, here we go, championship. I think that's fair. But, but listen, you, you, you lowered the bar, like, ultra low. Are they going to be worse than the Sixers? Come on, like, the Six like, – I, I mean, I don't – this isn't a – this isn't a 10-win Sixers team. This is maybe a 22-win Sixers team. I mean, Embiid is fun, but let's not get carried away. They have one other guy averaging double digits, and it's Sergio Rodriguez. Okay. Listen, hey, let me go down their scoring leaders right now on the Sixers. Joel Embiid, 17 a game in only 19 minutes per game. But they've only played twice, right? But just through two games, yeah. Embiid, then Rodriguez, Nick Stauskas, Jeremy Grant, Rashawn Holmes. Who? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, this is not a good list. I mean, at least the Magic had players you'd heard of. I mean, R- Rashawn Holmes could walk in this studio right now, and I, I, I'd have no idea who that is. He's the tall one. I can, I can help you out with that. That's all I know. Oh, and there's basketball podcast nerd that's out there listening right now. Well, Chris Vernon doesn't even know the league. He doesn't even know who Rashawn Holmes is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the basketball nerd and Rashad Holmes or Rashad. Rashad is it Rashad? 
Rashawn he's Holmes? Good at, he, Rashawn, he's good in summer league. I know that. I th- maybe he'll be good in, in the NBA. Who knows? We'll get right back into it after this word from our sponsor. Before we go on, I want to thank today's sponsor, Bose. As the official sound of the NFL, Bose gets players closer to their peak performance and gets you closer to them. How? With powerful products like their Quiet Comfort 35 wireless headphones. I have a pair of these that can confidently say these are Bose's best headphones yet. No noise, no wires, just your music and you. All right, next one you want to know if it's got staying power. Um. All right. I think we both have questions about the Chicago Bulls team. They're three and zero. They've looked unbelievable so far. Is is this real? You know, here's the thing. On the three and zero, I would immediately say, "Come on, they've only played three games." But they played Boston. They played Indiana. It's one thing to you know beat the brakes off of Brooklyn like they did. Okay. It's like there's going to be a lot of teams that get to rest their starters against Brooklyn. But they're the worst by far, by the way, Brooklyn. They're miserable. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they're really bad. Um, But being that they beat Boston and being that they beat Indiana, and here's the other thing, they're playing fast. Um, They also, I mean, obviously they knocked down the threes and Wade was knocking down threes. And so who knows? Um on his whole evolution. He looks really good to start off the season. And just the fact that they're kind of all playing together so well so quickly is rather shocking to me. I think everybody has gotten in love with this whole they can't shoot, they can't shoot, they can't shoot, and there's a truth to that. There's no way around it. But what is not what what kind of gets commonly forgotten is they're all good. They're all good players, right? And Butler is right. outstanding. And I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I am kind of persuaded by the fact that you know we're looking at Golden State and going, eh, just give them some time to figure it out. Well, it hasn't really. When you when you can come out the gate and beat Boston, Indiana, and you've looked as good as they have so far, I'm kind of persuaded that they can be better than maybe what a lot of people thought they were going to be. What about you? Here's my here's my worry about them is I'm a like I'm afraid they're going to end up how I feel about David Blaine the magician. <laughs> David Blaine, David, <laughs> I, I do have a point here at some point. David Blaine does these things where he's like, I'm going to live in a box for 40 days above London, or I'm going to hold my breath for 12 minutes underwater, and 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 this is a big television event. And then he gets to like 30 days, he's like, all right, I got to come out of the box. He gets to like eight minutes holding his breath underwater. He's like, oh, I got to come up for air. And those are both impressive things, but you set the bar so much higher than that that it ends up being a disappointment. So the fact that the Bulls have come out of the gate 3-0 and and the best offense in the league and Dwayne Wade's in threes and, you know, they're playing competent basketball and they're bullying everybody on the boards and all this stuff, the fact that they've done that early, I think that makes me think they're just David Blaine of like they're going to pull up short at some point and it'll end up having been – having been a, a good season for them, but they've already raised expectations with this, and they're going to become a disappointment because of that, if that makes sense. David Blaine's got a special coming out this week, too, so it's a perfect analogy, even though I don't even know yeah, what that means. And he'll do 75% of what he's going to do, on, of what he says he's going to do on that special, which will be impressive had he not set the bar above that. I don't even know what the special is. I just know he hits 75% of whatever he's going to do. All right, but in fairness, what's the bar for the Bulls? I didn't feel like people were rather high on them going into this year. Did you? No, but 
But I think I no, I, I don't think they were. I wasn't. I think a lot of people were kind of like wondering how this would all fit together. But I think the fact that they start out so hot, um, going three and zero, beating the Celtics, beating the Pacers, like beating these good Eastern Conference teams, the fact that they've done that, that has to immediately, at least like in the casual fans' mind, who's sort of paying attention to them, that has to raise the ex- expectations of like, hey, this Bulls team's for real, and I don't know that they are. Yeah, we, maybe we'll, we'll give them a little bit more time, but I mean, we got to say. It's pretty impressive that they're playing as well as they are. I did not think it would work together. Like, they'd be able to play together. But not only have they played together, they played great together so far. So far. So far. Yeah, and, like, I don't think Rajon Rondo's that good anymore because of, you know, the injuries and just, you know, generally not seeming to care about, right. what, he's, what, about what his job is. But going from Derrick Rose to Rajon Rondo maybe affects the Fred Hoiberg offense a little bit in a positive way. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, uh, uh, certainly. Listen, he still passes the ball all the time. He's not, you know, he can't he can't shoot, but he doesn't shoot a lot, so it's fair, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I know people yeah, like, like it's not like he has brand. It's not like he has Brandon Jennings shot selection, right? Like he's he just won't shoot. Yeah, no, I mean that's the knock. But it, listen, if the guy can't shoot, it's fine. He shoots it seven times a game. I want him passing all the time, <laughs> guy. You know right, what I mean? exactly. <laughs> I can be better. Like he, he, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. I kill the guy that can't shoot and then still shoots all the time. He at least uh, he has some relative awareness. It's not like he's out there taking uh, twenty shots a game or something. The guy shoots it seven times in the damn game, and yeah, two of no, them are layups. And you just need him to like sort of play defense and let everybody else do the work. Right. I agree with you. All right, so we'll we'll see on the Bulls. All right, what are we making of the Warriors? I think just the idea that they didn't come out the gate. Well, first, they got smashed in their first game. But even the last couple, the fact that they have not demolished people has given people cause for pause. Does that have staying power? Are we going to look back, and this isn't like last year, where – you know, you'll be watching one game, and then I, I, I have flashbacks of this. You'll be watching a game, and then that, like, scroll will come across the bottom of the screen, and it'll say, like, second quarter, Golden State 74, you know, whoever, Bucks 47. You'll be like, what in the world? It's 74, point, 74 points in the second quarter? Like, am I going to see that again? Am I going to be watching? Like, is this just going to get figured out, and that is going to be the case? Or... Is there anything we can take out of this so far that they're not just – they haven't come out of the gate just maiming people? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the 2012-2013 Lakers, right? Like, that's where it was like, this is going to be fun, Sports Illustrated cover, and, and four all-stars on the team, and now we, you know, we can really see them just dominate the league, and then they come out and for various reasons, injuries, coaching changes, all this stuff, they didn't come – they didn't, like – set the world on fire like we thought it's not going to be that but like can it approach that i mean draymond green's mom after the first game is tweeting draymond's not being used enough this is this is broken like saying this is broken after a game when they got blown out by the spurs like that that seems i know it's i know there's a little bit of bias there with draymond's mom but like that's extreme right i think it's extreme to say there's a little bit of bias with draymond's mom come on say <laughs> A little? A, you think she's a little biased or no? All right, she, might be, she might be quite biased. <laughs> I mean, there might be a little bit of bias with Draymond Green's mom. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, maybe I should ratchet that up a little bit. Um, like, like, all right, Draymond's, Draymond's usage dropped. Clay's usage has dropped so far. Uh, 
but they're still good. Like, they're, they're maybe they're not blowing teams out, but that's got to come at some point. I mean, I guess the defense is the problem. Like, defense and rebounding are, are the problems for them so far. Well, they got the two. Right, so everybody, you got, you got, so far, again, we're dealing, all of this is kind of goofy with the, the sample size being so small. But Durant's averaging 31. Curry's averaging 26. If those things held, like if you told me at the end of the season that those were the numbers, that wouldn't be that shocking. Clay's averaging 18, and then Draymond's averaging 10. Nobody else on the team is averaging over six points. And that may sound crazy, except I went back and looked, and they didn't have guys averaging a t- Like Iguodala only averaged seven points a game last year. I think that would shock people. And they just had like guys like Barbosa averaged seven points, and Spates averaged seven points, and... It's kind of like they all just kind of average seven after their big dogs. Um, but I do wonder when you look at their bench, I think it gives you – you. Uh, all right, so those guys are going to have the huge numbers every night, right? And they're going to get you combined between Durant, Curry, and Thompson and Draymond, right? You kick in whatever points he gets you. But then behind that, yeah. it is Pachulia, uh, Andre Iguodala, Livingston, David West – and then you get into the deep bench, right? Ian Clark, Patrick McCall, JaVal McGee, Kevon Looney. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, you do – you are, like, those four guys are going to have to – those are the four guys that are averaging double digits right now. And then you wonder, like, where the bench pop is coming from. Because there were nights last year, you know, Barnes was – there's probably at least seven or eight times last year that he dropped 20 on somebody, Right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever, for sure. You know, I mean, he was he was getting you a twenty spot, or you could have a big spates night, right? Where he just he just goes off. Um, you know, he he comes in and Kerr leaves him in, and he makes his first six of seven shots, and next thing you know, Spates has gotten you eighteen points or whatever. I do kind of wonder once you get past their first four guys, you know, is anybody who else is going to have a twenty point game? Maybe Iguodala. Right. I mean. Maybe. Yeah, like it, maybe maybe Iggy can can get you know, or Sean Livingston has those like random like oh you can't guard him in the post games and he yeah. runs off like twelve points in a quarter, right? Yeah. But maybe he does that. Um, uh, there were two alarming things to me this past or this weekend where uh, I saw Warriors people tweeted like, see this is the kind of effort they need out of Kevon Looney, and I was thinking like, all right, if Kevon Looney is that important to your team. So with Looney McCaw, like if you're counting that much on a first year guy and a second year guy either being injured or having a big a big effort off the bench, like I don't like that's not what a juggernaut's supposed to rely on. They're supposed to be better than that. No offense to Patrick McCaw and Kevin Looney, by the way. No, well, they're 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 you know future Hall of Famers, I'm sure, but <laughs> there, there is a limit. I wonder if their moms are biased. <laughs> not, no one's maybe not as much as Draymond. By the way, how do I follow Draymond Green's mom? I don't follow her. Is she worth following? Uh, yeah, she's entertaining. She's, a, I mean, she's as entertaining as anyone's mom for sure. Yeah, I need to, I, I need, I need to find her on Twitter and start following her. That's for sure. All right, what else? Uh, last thing that has really stood out to you so far in this insanely small sample size that you want to know if it's got staying power? What you got? Okay, after the finals last year, I think we can agree that LeBron is firmly in the top three player conversation, right? Probably number one. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about that. But is Kawhi Leonard good enough to unseat either Steph Curry or Kevin Durant as a top top three player? Because he's been ridiculous in the first first week of the season. Ooh, I like this. Um, 
I like this more than Charles Barkley saying Clay Thompson is the best player in the league. <laughs> what? Are, Char, come on, Charles. Come on, really? He, like I, that, that, that was a bridge too far for me. I love Charles Barkley, but enough with the Clay Thompson is the best player. Um, he also puts Kawhi up there, by the way, so I'll give credit to Charles for that. I think life without Tim Duncan uh, being the best player on one of the best teams in the league – and somebody's going to take a little bit of a backseat between, right? They were both the alpha dogs on their teams, I think it's fair to say, with Durant and um, Durant and Curry. I think we're going to have a really interesting discussion this year because you brought up Anthony Davis earlier. Westbrook's stats are going to be so absurd. I think when it all comes down, uh, Harden's stats are going to be so absurd. I think you are going to – I think we're set up right now to have the most vehement – argument on the top 10 players in the league that we have had in a law and that means the league's in great shape right because yeah you're leaving somebody how about this let's just cut it down to five right don't you think if we did if we polled people and said who are the top five players in the league you have to have Kawhi in there right you said top three but let's just get rid of the argument Kawhi's a top five player in the league Durant is a top five player in the league. LeBron is. You have to have Curry because he's won the two MVPs, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, so now once we get to whatever, and whatever number you want to put him in, I mean, are you taking Westbrook? Are you taking Harden? Are you taking, you know, uh, I don't know, Ir- Kyrie Irving, right, they, after his final performance last year, Anthony right. Davis. I mean, Raymond Green, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin. I like all these guys. Like, you may have ten top five players in the league, if that makes sense. Paul George? Yeah, right? Paul George is in there. By the end by the end of the season, Carl Anthony Towns could be in the conversation. Like, he's that good. I mean, you've got a ton of top talent. So you would say, so top three. I think, I think, I, I would say yes on your on your Kawhi one. I think we could look up at the end of the year, and for basketball fans that respect both ends of the court, because he's the best, he, 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 you know, he's as good a perimeter defender as there is in the NBA. So you got that, and then if you got the whole, if he's going to put up big numbers too offensively, um, yeah, I think I think Kawhi could be right up there. You'd probably say Kawhi, LeBron, and then you'd really have to. I mean, who would you take? You would you rather have Durant or Curry? I mean, I'd rather. I guess, wow. I guess I'd rather have Durant. Is that dumb? I mean, Curry just won two straight MVPs and was unanimous and has broken all these three point records and and has made us change the like he he makes defenders nervous as he crosses half court. Like this, I mean, you have to start guarding him at half court, like legitimately. That's not just hyperbole. Like so, is it dumb? To, like Kevin Durant's a six foot eleven shooting guard, and not just like a shooting guard. Like he's he's great. He's a you know he's putting up these historic true shooting percentages for guys who score as many points as he does, and and it's not just happening at the rim. Like he can hit a shot from anywhere. So, like I guess I would take Durant, but that kind of sounds stupid to me. What's crazy is that finals really hurt Curry. It just yeah. it, percep, perception wise, we are having a totally different conversation if they win that last year. We just are. That's how much oh, that yeah. matters. I mean, we're, t- we're, say- we're, we're saying we're saying Curry is the lock in the top three, and is it LeBron or Durant getting up, you know, unseated, right? Right. Like that's what we're talking about. And and the thing about Kawhi on defense, like, uh, granted, it's Ben McLemore, but there was a sequence the other night where he just, I mean, he literally just took the ball from Ben McLemore three straight times down the floor. 
Like he was, I mean, if you wanted an anti-bullying ad, you would put that that sequence in the video and say, "We have to stop this, this, you know, this or this way we're we're attacking young people." Like that's what it would be, Kawhi. He would be the anti-bullying poster because he was just that mean to Ben McLemore. Like he is a guy you can like if you if you had to dribble against Kawhi Leonard and bring the ball up the court. How far do you think you get? Do you get to the free throw line? I mean, I'd have to is a I'd be I'd have to take a hard angle to get to the free throw line. <laughs> no, I I I think if you like if he was guarding me on an inbound, I would never right. get the ball. You would never okay. get the ball. Yeah, okay, so how about this? How about this? How about this? Kawhi Leonard, you get me the ball. You like pass it in inbounds, just under the basket, right? And we're gonna yeah. put him at the free throw line. Yeah, I would say I have a zero percent chance of getting to the free throw line. All I have to do is from the baseline to the free throw line, get past him, right? Like it's almost like a video game. And I have to get right. past him? No. I think I, I think you could throw me that ball a hundred times and I would never get past him. <laughs> well, yeah, probably half the time you'd, you'd miss the catch just because you're worried about him <laughs> attacking you, right? And how many times would he steal it from me? I would say of the hundred times I had a chance, 97. <laughs> There, there has to be a certain point where, like, you just see him coming, you just throw the ball out of bounds because you, you're tired of him taking the ball from you, right? Like, you would just volunteer a turnover. Yeah, like, I couldn't even do the whole back to him thing because his arms are no, so he'd, crazy he'd, long. He'd, yeah. Yeah, he'd reach over you. He has those suction cup hands, and he would just – it just removes the ball by, by gravity. I really – honestly, now that you've – I'm trying to play this out of my mind. I can't think of a more humiliating athletic experience <laughs> – Maybe like trying to tackle, I don't know, like one of these, uh, like Garrett Blunt or something. That would be worse. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, that sounds awful. <laughs> like if you put, if you say you got to tackle, you've got to stop Garrett Blunt from getting into the end zone. That would be the only thing that I could think would be more humiliating. Or like try to hit Araldis Chapman. Like those, those might be the three most humiliating things: attempting to dribble against yeah, that- Kawhi Leonard, attempting to tackle Garrett Blunt, and attempting to hit. Like uh, or all this Chapman, the like all three of them. I can't. I I can hardly think of athletic scenarios of where I would look more foolish. Yeah, and, I mean, like I'm an overconfident, overly confident basketball player for my ability. I can dribble pretty well. Like I don't, I don't think I can get to the free throw line. I really don't. Like I think if he was even halfway tuned into what I was doing, it would just be, it would just be pain. Like it would just be a painful experience. How tall are you? I'm six feet tall. Six feet, and yeah. you're pretty good. I, I'm. I mean, I. I like to think I have Steph Curry range. That's where I shoot it from, whether Steph- whether it goes in or not. <laughs> I'm a chucker. I'm a gunner. That's why I love Jamal Crawford. That's why I love Ricky Davis. That's why I love all these gunners. I don't care that if it's bad basketball. You give me a guy who thinks he can go get a bucket. That is me. You never drive. Do you ever drive? Not a, no. I'm 34 now. There's no driving. There's no driving. No, there's the driving. Me, there, there, yeah, there's me freeing up. There's me freeing up for a shot on the perimeter. Driving was ten years ago. That's that, yeah. that, that, that's asking a lot at this point. I know the feeling. The driving days are long gone. I agree with you. Long gone. Yeah. Me, my Har- knees just laugh at me if I if I if I have a first step. Zach Harper, I couldn't be more happy that you were willing to come on the Ringer Pod with me today. And uh, hey, I hope you find a job. I hope I do too. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate the hospitality, and uh, I appreciate the shout out. My man. Thanks, Zach. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Talk Hoops. He's Zach Harper. That does it for another edition of the NBA Pod. Hey.